This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for amazing odds boosts every single day. AJ, Megan, Rudo coming to you live as the Avs get the dub in Toronto against Toronto. It took 65 minutes plus to get there. It took about 68 minutes. Is that is three minutes is what the shootout takes roughly? Yeah, I mean, about a minute. Per per side, one to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll I'll take it. And I don't. I I even think this is a great game to ask how on, because the production maybe wasn't there, but boy howdy, did I feel like it was the early two thousands and you were playing some dead puck era hockey. The defense was excellent from both sides in this game. To be honest. You talk about dead puck, man. That was basically Toronto with it tonight. Because <laughs> Colorado's defense locked them down. Gave up very, very little. Best scoring chances happened early, and that was the end of it. There was no late. They just never got it geared up. Yep. It was a fantastic defensive effort from Colorado tonight. I don't know who just had that comment on there, but tonight's game did feel like a playoff game. For real. Um, you know, obviously both sides missing some key players that may or may not be back in the playoffs, but nonetheless, there was some of that energy to it. Um, 60 second rundown. I didn't assign it. So I assume it's on me. I can take it if you want. I'll do it. I don't, it's fine. All right. Uh, the Avs do give up the first four minutes of the game. Not great for Colorado. Morgan Riley gets two chances. One goes off the post. The second one, he's able to convert to put the abs in a hole early. Uh, you do see the abs get a little bit of puck luck on the power play later in the first. I think there's a good argument this puck was going in anyway if it gets through because you have Val Nachushkin on the back door there. But Miko looking for the little slap pass ends up going off. I think it was Jake McCabe. I f I'm pretty sure it was uh, directly in through the five hole on Sam Sonov. Correct. They get the goal back, and that was the end of the scoring. Ten minutes into this game, there were no more goals in the regulation. Goal. I didn't really see it. Let's see. Uh, that's a tough one. That's I'm a tough one. Glad I'm not uh, in the war room for that one because there's definitely contact with Dumba there. He definitely tackles his own goalie. Sorry, we're watching the Blues-Minnesota game in the middle of this 60 seconds. But you got you got the entire story. You got really, both goals in really this game. A little bit of another story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're 60-second rundown recapping two games. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, though, the rest of this game, it was grade A lockdown defense from Colorado, and Toronto was no slouch either. 
Uh, neither team able to convert opportunities. You get to overtime. Overtime was a bit chaotic, for sure, uh, for both teams. A little a little fast and loose. Dominant for the Avs, though. It, they dominated the opportunities, for sure. 8-2 to two in shot attempts. No shots on goal for Toronto. So you get to the shootout after unable to finish there, and it's the guys you expect. Nathan McKinnon getting the job done for Colorado in the shootout. They take the two points. Rewind it all back. Let's start here. Let's start with a couple of the negatives. There are not a lot. I'm mostly positives coming out of this game. I think there's a lot of positives we're going to talk about. One, slow start. You give up two opportunities to Morgan Riley there. Yeah. Are you... I know they'll look at the footage. I know they'll want to clean it up. Is that a, hey, two good teams stretches like that happen? Or is that a, they need to be better out of the gate moment? It's one of those questions where sometimes they've had hot starts, but then they can't maintain leads. And so what matters is the end result. You obviously imagine that that is going to be something that they break down in the film room to eliminate from happening again in the future because it is avoidable and is something that should be worked on. But in totality for this game, it is a good team response to not allow the moment having a goal scored so early to defeat them from playing good hockey through the rest of what ended up being a really long game. And I think that response from the Avalanche is ultimately what you want to see and what you ask of them. Agree. I think what I didn't like about it is that the chance came in the same basic defensive breakdown. Same area, same guy, Um, yeah. And against the same line. Yeah. Um, And so I didn't didn't like that part of it. The response is great, though, because... Uh, yeah, for sure. They give up one high danger chance the rest of the game. End of, end of like, 56 minutes of yeah. hockey left. And, and a three-on-three overtime against a, a team that is very well-equipped for overtime. Yep. Um, just, uh, just uh, I, I just think it's pretty, it, it was a great response to a start that you don't, you, you really don't love out of the gate. They're hopping. It's it's one nothing like it's it's like what you don't want in Toronto and but then the response from that is to completely shut it down and just remove their offense from the rest of the game. It, they finished with what eighteen shots on goal in regulation. Yeah, I mean that's again this is a team with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Willie Nylander, John Tavares. They're not lacking high end offensive talent by yeah, any and, stretch of the imagination. You have uh, Eric Gustafson and Timothy Liljegren Morgan and Riley, Morgan Riley yeah. on your back end. Like you've got some guys that can that can provide offense from back there, and they just didn't. Period. Yeah. They just didn't. They just didn't. They just didn't. The tonight. Abs said no. The defense. The 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 defense that we saw start in period two of the Arizona game has just continued. Yep. Uh. This this is the they've now played eight periods of hockey, eight periods and and two overtimes of absolutely dominant defensive hockey. Yep. Uh, oddly enough, this overtime started like the Arizona overtime where they lose the face yeah, right. steal the puck, and, <laughs> and then have it for the rest. Take of the over time. the rest of the thing. It. Uh, we'll get to all of that. I do want to rewind back to the goal a little bit. I, I think the one frustration for me 
That's your top line. It's Nathan McKinnon completely ignoring a coverage, cutting in behind his own net. It's Evan Rodriguez sitting in the middle of the ice, pointing instead of moving his feet. That leaves a dude wide open in the face-off circle. You just, you want better than that from your top guys. I'll put it that way. And I, I just don't, I would struggle to put Evan Rodriguez back on that line after tonight. I just don't think he was good enough tonight in any way, shape, or form. I think he struggled all over the ice. And, you know, it wasn't a disaster. The Avs won the game. Things worked out well. But when you're asking a guy to play first-line minutes next to Nathan McKinnon, you're at very least asking him to produce. And that's where I struggled with Erod tonight. One too many opportunities fell to the wayside for that guy. Where, what are the Avs' options here? Let me, let me ask it to you that way. They can leave him there. They can move him around. What would you do with him? It's an interesting question. Looking at that first goal, I wanted to give Byram credit. He nearly had the poke check that would have prevented this from happening. So I think Byram did exactly what was asked of him in that situation. It was the defense provided by the forwards that left me yeah. wanting. Yeah. Erod being one of them, getting caught a little lost in space there, watching the play unfold instead of moving his feet and being involved in it. And looking at his last few games, it's not that they've been as egregious as they have been tonight. It was observably oh. bad. <laughs> but he has been slow. And he hasn't been contributing in a way that we know that he's capable of, too, especially at points earlier this season. I look at what John Cooper did with some of his stars in a a recent game. Actively um, benched his top line. Top line for an entire third period. And I don't know that that is necessarily what Bednar should do in this situation because I, I think he did the opposite tonight in letting him be the first skater out on the shootout. I think that was a vote of confidence to see if that would be the thing to get him right. And it wasn't. And that's hard to pin that much expectation on a single moment in a shootout because there were several moments throughout the game that he could have righted this a little bit. But moving forward, I think it is going to have to be something a little jarring, and I'm not expecting it to be a change that is lasting. Like even just in the Dallas game, the brief move with Malgan and Rodriguez, I think is meant to spark a little bit of something in him. And I hope it's not viewed as a punishment, but I do think a little bit of change of scenery is needed from him right now to get things in order because you could see the frustration on him in the shootout too. I, I don't think he's satisfied with this. And he's somebody who... He would talk to him like when the Avs are having finishing troubles and he has a pretty clear idea of what's needed. He needs to grip his stick a little less tightly. Yeah. Um, and I think he's in a similar place, but he might benefit from a little mm-hmm. bit, a, a change in line mates. And honestly, with Lekin and out, I think they can afford to do a little bit of tinkering. For sure. I, I would argue he might need to grip the stick a lot less tightly based on tonight. A hundred percent. I think he's getting in his head a little too much. AJ? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that she said, certainly, and certainly about tonight's game. Um, I don't, I, on one hand, you like a guy that is constantly in position to have scoring chances. Something's being done he right. Is, right? He is absolutely true. But also, when you're playing next to Miko Ranton and Nathan McKinnon as the third guy, imagine that. Like, you're in <laughs> positions to be to have some scoring chances. You know, the the one in the third period that that, that really stuck with me when uh, it looks like a nothing entry McKinnon over to Rantanen on the wall and he passes it back into the middle of the ice where Rodriguez is trailing 
That is a thing that is not going to happen on other lines, and Rodriguez did nothing with it. Yeah. And, like, some credit goes to Samsonov. Sure. You know, he he stops all the shots, right? He stops the ones that, get on, that, that go on net. Uh, and if that's not the case, then we're not having this conversation right now. But you do have higher expectations that when you get higher quality scoring chances, I mean... It's the one in the first period for knowing, me. Knowing the result of them, you definitely are like, wouldn't you have liked to have seen an Alex Newhook or a Dennis Mulgan or a hell, just just for fun, an Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah. With scoring chances of that caliber. Yeah. Because Erod does nothing with them tonight. And where where I'm less inclined to make a change there. Is because I thought the last the rest of the lineup was so good together. I don't disagree. that I'm I'm a little iffy on. You can't make a change in a vacuum and just say, "Well, Erod has moved now. You're fixed." You know, it's okay. Well, who goes up? And I think that's where you and I are probably going to end up agreeing on this. That's that's where if you do want to make that change, it's a radical one because I. You, how do you feel about changing up a lineup that defensively was Lights fantastic? Yeah. And your forward core was fantastic defensively as, as these in these groups, the one change you're trying to make is Erod. So, so I actually don't know if we were going to say the same thing, but I'm on new hook being elevated. I'm, I'm okay. good with it. I'm on new hook being elevated there. Having uh, Galchenyuk move to center on the fourth line. Yep. Honestly, Rodriguez could do that too. Yep. Um, and and then having it be this this mix. I think you should keep the Eller Cagliano OC line intact. Totally agree um, here. And and then just have that be the swap then one for one um, with with Newhook and Rodriguez. And it can be very much temporary too. Like this could be something that lasts a few shifts in a single game. Yeah. Uh, if they get it. it if they get into to Ottawa tomorrow and Evan Rodriguez is flying around and doing whatever on the fourth line, you have no problem being like, all right, made Just our put point. them back up there. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that's, you could also, you could also look at it and say, look, he has found his way to production over the last seven ish games. Um, it hasn't like, it's not amazing. He's not popping off. You're not making that it, argument, it's been but assists here and there goal here you're and saying, there. Yeah. Right. You're, you're saying it hasn't been an empty well though. And, so you could look at it and just say, hey, it, it just wasn't a great night for him. And, and because we're talking about missed opportunities and this and that, and he takes two penalties. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, then, and then his shootout attempt is by far the worst his, of his the least bunch. competitive yeah. shootout attempt of the season. Right. And so when it's, it's it, it was definitely, you say, it's not fair to put that level of pressure, that level of importance on one single moment. But Bedner did once again turn to him and say, you know, tap him on the shoulder and say, I, I trust you to get it done. Right. And not only does he not get it done, but he doesn't get it done in, in, in anywhere close to the caliber of level that you've come to expect from him in that moment. And so it just feel, it just feels like this was not his night. It was not a good night. And, and totally understandable. If they feel that way, they want to put him back up there. Wouldn't complain about it for a second. It's more so just, hey, if they're going to keep putting him there, you need better out of him than what you saw tonight. I yeah. don't, that that's all there is to yeah, it. Yeah, and I think I think you could easily make the argument that he has a short. If you keep him there for tomorrow, it's a short leash. If he does, if you, he looks like this again, you have to. You, you do have not to. take yeah. a lot of time to make that change over and say, because I'm with you. I think Newhook is the guy. He's been in the lineup. He's played well. I, for me, there's been some dues earning going on this year. 
the line, the way he's moved around and, in the I lineup. Mean, spe- you look at right now, especially where he's outproducing Erod in significantly less minutes, yeah, with significantly less talent. Well, and he plays less than six minutes at five on five tonight. Yep. So the the lack of trust either from Galchenyuk or just that line in general, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, but uh, to me, it just feels like that's the easy that's the easy swap if you're trying to one send a message to Erod. You need to be better. But two, send a message while accomplishing your goal of making your top line as dangerous as you can. Because we saw, I mean, we saw moments with Alex Newick tonight where he's out there as a little one-man Zipping wrecking around, crew yeah. doing things, and you're just like, Matt Nieto's not doing anything to help this guy right now. Yep. You know, Jack Johnson's back there, like, makes a nice <laughs> pass back to the point, and it goes to Jack Johnson, and you're like, this oh. possession's over. Yep. So, you know, you are you are in a position where you, you we do want to continue to see what he looks like with that opportunity. I also understand where they're coming from with the we've made him a center. He's found a home at center. We're not interested in messing with that. Because having a guy of his caliber with that, that can pop off in a game, that can have a night for you down the middle, I mean, it is such a feather in your cap if it's going well, but Tonight, I, I would argue it went pretty well, and they still didn't feed him the minutes. Yep. I think that was the issue, too, is I actually didn't think the fourth line played badly, but they were really sheltered probably because of Galchenyuk, and it's such a tight tight game yeah. that yeah. they didn't trust him with that, but that harms Newhook, who, who didn't do anything wrong and in Matt this Nieto. situation. And Nieto. Like, that's a trusted veteran, as trusted a veteran is and proven and with this coaching staff and everything, and... To see, to see that usage, I think, was disappointing. And I, I don't, I see the reason behind it, too. In such a close game, totally. I can absolutely make sense of it. I won't come down too hard. But it does seem like, given the circumstance with Rodriguez tonight, this is such an obvious opportunity for Newhook to get another look. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Because then, if just let's live in this world. We'll, we'll pretend that this is the reality for right now. But Newhook does go up there. He does pop off a little bit. He does play really well. He produces a point here, a point there, and stays there for the next few weeks. Great. Now now when Arturi Lekkinen comes back, when if in and then in in the super dream world where Gabe Landeskog also <laughs> comes back, you have a confidence injected Alex Newhook playing good hockey in your top six, where you maybe don't necessarily keep him there, but you don't put him back at four C. Yep. You you could he could easily take Dennis Mulligan's spot, for example, yep. next to Comfer and Nachushkin. And then you start to get shades of the player that you really think that you have. Because I think he's been really sneaky, very, very good for the Avs this year Me in too. a depth role. And this is a guy where we are absolutely just waiting for the explosion. Yeah. Like, like the big opportunity next to the skill guys to separate and say, I'm not a middle six guy. Stop comparing me to JT Comfer. What JT Confer is doing this year is going to be a bad year for me in my career. <laughs> like it, like I think I think Alex Newhook's on the way, on his way to having that kind of breakout. It's more at this point opportunity. Yep. Next to the caliber of players that we think he should be, it's just that he has to make them move back to the wall to do it. And I I wonder if that's where the hang up is. I suspect that it is, but. You know what? Jordan Pennington. Sometimes, if you're trying to win a Stanley Cup, you can't let the future keep you from playing your best lineup right now. 
Yeah, that's uh Yeah. Well, and you're not worrying you're not trying to win a Stanley Cup right now. You can't. Right now you're trying to win a division, but you you can. And that's in front of you. Well, and that makes it easier to win the Stanley Cup in a month. Like, yeah. But I mean, right now your goal is you, you right now your goal is Ottawa Senators tomorrow, right? True. What's what maximizes the chances of them winning that game tomorrow? What what lineup of skaters? Because I know we're going to talk about the goalie at some point. We'll get there. But what lineup of skaters maximizes that? And I think given tonight, I, the one thing you you mentioned is that you're not touching the Lars Eller line, and you can't. I don't. I just don't think that you can. That line rules. Do you want to talk about that line first? We are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up with a new account. Over there, you bet $5 on anything, you get $200 in free bets. The parlay did not come close to hitting today. But if you took the abs as the underdogs, you made money. So there were options out there on the Colorado Avalanche. There are options out there on every uh, Colorado team. I don't know. I don't even know what you'd bet on for the Broncos right now. But I'm sure there's bets to be made. I'm sure that you can free agency like or whatever yeah. that they draft first with their first pick yeah draft stuff round. is always there yeah yeah that's that's a tough look for them yeah. it's what it is you could probably bet on whether russell wilson will throw more touchdowns than he has bathrooms this year who knows uh what if he saw that meme and was like i'm buying a new house with less bathrooms with or like more bathrooms <laughs> push himself <laughs> to push himself yeah. gotta get motivated <laughs> buys a second house to... now i got 60 bathrooms yeah, exactly what are you I'm guys here gonna for do it. i'm here for it they'd find something else okay at a certain point it'd be will russell wilson throw more touchdowns or have more houses <laughs> <laughs> just saying all right I mean, either way you get to that point boy that's bad <laughs> Whatever it is, you can bet on it with DraftKings. Use the DNVR code when you sign up. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See the show notes down below for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And it's Void in Ohio. Also brought to you by the amazing folks over at Jive Hive. You used to have to go somewhere to go get the stuff required for you to get high. Now, you don't. Don't even have to leave your house. Don't even have to leave wherever it is you may be. Jive Hive will deliver your high directly to you. You can jump on it today. You can go to jivehive.com, J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com today to get your weed. Even if you like want to plan it in advance, you can schedule your order. You can schedule it for tomorrow. That's you can schedule it for next week. They'll deliver it to yep. you. I got stuff. I got stuff scheduled out. There you go. So you know when it's gonna come. Yep. You'll be ready to go. You'll be all. You, you'll go get your munchies. You'll have them placed out on the couch. It'll be perfect. All right. I mean, I don't have my munchies on the couch. I'm not an animal. <laughs> I'm not an animal. I have them in bed like a normal. I'm just kidding. It's worse. <laughs> that is. I, I was told. Uh, my wife has told me that that is a disqualifying uh, attribute. Oh, no. And that if I bring my thing of Teddy Grahams to bed, they will Ooh, get yeah, yeah, out no. of there. Teddy Grahams is a hard no. I eat soup in bed sometimes. <laughs> that one's a tough. I Like That's, soft foods? It's risky. You could do. Soup would not. Any liquids, I'd be pretty game. out on. I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> I would take well, soup. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Context. Are you sick? Or is this just no, a thing that you no, decided I to just, do? just like... Soup. 
All right. Uh, I mean, I have hey. no defense. <laughs> Maybe tried, I tried to help you out, but nope. If you got the good stuff from Jive Hive, soup's just that good. You got to have it in bed. <laughs> all right. So go check it out. They do only deliver to select locations. So make sure you put your address in on their website so they deliver to you. Uh, again, jivehive.com. J I V E H Y V E.com. Yeah. If you eat Nature Valley bars in bed, you are a psychopath. Yeah. And no kidding. <laughs> Like, I, I'm talking about Teddy Grahams. At least there's, like, a container. Like, you have a chance. It's not a great chance, but you have a chance to, to minimize the crummage. You are, you, Nature Valley is just, no. Yeah, there's no hope. You're you're sleeping in crumbs no yeah. matter what if you do yeah, that. people with pets could not do the super No, you're bed. right. This all doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine, like, Kirby in bed, the tiny, like, white dog, and him, like, laying there, and I spill that on him. Yeah, you'd be fighting not, for your life. Not only do I have a terrified creature who's going to make very high-pitched noises, but now he's a different color. <laughs> You could exactly. get clam, tomato clam chowder to keep him the same color. <laughs> if, it's, if it's tomato soup, I have I have colored the dog. Oh, and that will stain for for a while. Yeah, you know from experience. No, uh, Z's Z's previous dog uh, was a was a white bulldog, and the Skunk. first time I ever met him, uh, he had some buffalo sauce <laughs> dropped on his oh. face. <laughs> And so he had this orange spot on his forehead. Amazing. And I, I was, I didn't know. I was like, I didn't know if that was normal because I just just thought it was a spot. Well, yeah. So I asked, I was like, is he okay? And like, then we started tracing what had happened and it turned out to be a very funny story <laughs> of, uh, just a kitchen whoopsies. And then the dog just always being underfoot and had an orange spot for like three weeks. Uh, all right. Two things. I want to get into Lars Eller, Tiff. Do you want to go get us some winner shots? Did we hit 100? We did. You rascals. Yeah, you animals. We appreciate you, chat, for getting us to 100 likes. We'll do some Dr. Dubs winner shots just for you. Uh, Before that, though, AJ, I know the underlying numbers look really, really good across the board here for Colorado. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you're the you're Mr. Lars Eller on this podcast, so you you <laughs> take it away. Mr. Lars Eller. Okay. Well, Mr. Lars Eller. That's I think there's already a Mr. Lars Eller. Is there a Mrs. Lars? Is he married? I don't know. Pro- have I'm you seen him? I'm pretty sure he is. Of course, he's married. Like, I think he has a family, like children, that he went to the <laughs> okay. gift shop with. I that, mean, I guess it's not a requirement, but <laughs> that, dude, that dude's good looking enough. He might have like a Mrs. Lars Eller for a different for every country. He's no, <laughs> no, he's a good man. <laughs> Take your word for it. I heard he's pretty good at, at uh, possessing the puck as well, though. <laughs> well, so tonight, his his primary matchup tonight, in, in case anybody thinks that the 16, uh, I believe it's 16 and 5 Corsi for him at 5v5 tonight. I just it sounds right. Yeah, 16 and 5. His two primary matchups. Any guesses? Nope. Yeah. Uh, the top line, it's, it's JT, Nylander, Bunting. And then uh, after that is Matthews. So... Top top level guys getting dominated in possession by Lars Eller. He wins every single one of those matchups. Pretty good. And so when you go and get Lars Eller, and when we talk about, hey, you're going to get a defensive stopper, you're going to get you're you're going to get a guy that offensively offensively, what is he gonna bring you? Not a lot. There sure. will be very little flash. Uh, and transition wise, especially in Colorado, it's going to be a miss. It's, I, it's, it's not going to be a great fit, a I, natural fit. I hear you on that. 
He had some pretty nice transitions tonight. He was really good tonight in that area, for sure. Um, but where where you really felt like you added somebody was defensively. It gave you a chess piece you didn't have before. Yeah. And when we talked at the at the deadline about a 2C, it was a lot about, hey, you can use a Ryan O'Reilly. You can use an Adam Henrique to take on a top matchup. Well, he went against the top matchups tonight. He got plenty of time, a, almost an even split. And remember, you're in Toronto. Yep. You, they picked that matchup. Yep. And the Avs rolled with it and won the matchups. Lars Eller won the matchups uh, against both of their top lines comfortably. Yeah. It, I don't. Uh, not just that he won those matchups, but you're you're taking a look at a lineup where the Avs have been without Gabe Landeskog. Yeah. For for a minute, and I, and I get Landeskog's not a center. Thank you. So there's a little bit of a different calculation there. Obviously, they lose Lucky the other night, not in the plans. Wait, hold on, there's only three. Yeah, I've never done one. Why? Yeah, that's yeah. Yaya does them with us, Tiff. Yeah. Come on, get it together. You can't be pod babysitter and not participate. I feel like that's the point of being pod babysitter. No, is that I don't participate. Look, that's I'm miffed. This is this has to change for the playoffs, okay. just so you know. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, next. We're cool okay. There. We can agree. We will start this rule next tomorrow. Great. Next Good. tomorrow. Good. Good. Next, next tomorrow. tomorrow. In. Uh, so I maybe not to Lars Eller specifically, but to the Avs dominating to, to, possession. To a to a terrific defensive hockey game. Well, they lose Lekkonen. They don't have Helm. The PK needs help. He fills in a lot of holes there, doesn't he? They seem very large. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I don't need fireball. I need drive high. We can we can pick something different. If yeah, we can do something that. else. We're obviously flexible over here. Let's. I'm gonna start doing bong rips <laughs> on the pot. I mean, eh, instead, you know. instead of winner shots, we're gonna do winner hits. Uh, if it works, it works. Uh, Speaking tips it, language. Winding it back in here. Yeah. I think it didn't get talked about a ton throughout the game. Avs win the special teams battle tonight. Yeah, and I saw in in you win the special teams battle, and you kind of feel bad about it. <laughs> you go one for five on a power play. You have two in the third period of a one-one game and feel like could have finished it in reg. Maybe you really Certainly. felt like you left a goal on the ice. Yeah, there. and obviously, the, and the goal that you get is lucky. It's it's a fortunate play. You got lucky. If that puck gets through, we all agree that that's a Val Nichushkin yeah. goal. The I universe think is trying Ranton to get it to Miko. Intended it for Nichushkin. To oh, be honest, I agree a hundred percent. That looked like a pass to me. They just got really lucky. They just got lucky. Yeah, it was got, and that's great to go in. Yeah, and that's great. I'm. That's the shit, right? Like, <laughs> you'll t- you'll, I, you're not you're not above. Absolutely. Goals. If it's in the net, it's in the net. Yeah, but you do feel like the power play maybe left one out there. Yep. Uh, but you you have to once again. You look at the penalty kill, and you watch Mark Andre Fleury get rolled. You look at the penalty kill, and you we have been having this conversation about the penalty kill over the last few weeks has gone from being mediocre to exceptional. Yep. It is on fire. 
And against Toronto, we came in. You know, Rudo, we were talking off air before yeah, the game. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a little... Let's see what it looks we like. We were a yeah. little excited to see the challenge of an of the, Austin Matthews. The second-ranked yeah. power play unit in the NHL. Yep. And that was tonight. It was... Uh, it, it was like with everything else across the ice. It was challenge accepted. Yep. They met that moment. They had. They played with intensity. They played disciplined. They played with skill. They played with effort. They played with the, the proper level of execution. They were fantastic. I think, too, from the perspective of the power play, leaving us wanting just a little bit, Toronto's penalty kill is also ranked above Colorado's presently around 13th. And Colorado's penalty kill has been quite impressive to us watching mm-hmm. recently that Definitely. you have to take into account that Toronto's penalty kill has also been performing pretty strongly. And so yeah. that is a difficult feat then, too, to score against. And they, they get one. It leaves a little bit on the table, I think, which is reasonable. But it still has been better than some of the poor showings we've shown when the power play was haunted because they would allow chances against and they basically kept possession even though it didn't necessarily generate a lot of scoring chances but this is true with both teams like their penalty kill was also so good that they didn't allow toronto to get many shots on that either and so i do genuinely feel they won the special teams battle even though one for five on the power play seems not good on paper i think it's better than it sounds 100 percent, you you win that battle and that's a main reason you have two points right now in the yep. standings. Yep. So they win that battle. And again, when, when you're, when you're playing against good teams, this is the margin for error. Absolutely. And you see, this was the margin of error that they did not have in the games against quality teams that we had previously talked about against, uh, uh against Seattle, Los Angeles, New yep. Jersey, Dallas, yep. that yep. four game, like uh quadfecta of, of <laughs> like misery yeah. where they just didn't look good against, against talented teams. Tonight, they were great all over the ice. Every situation they played in, they beat Toronto. They were great in net. The quadfecta of misery. Is that like a torture device? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Uh, Also, did we bring back my favorite meme and nobody told me about it? Because I would have happily made a tweet that said... Like, net's haunted. Fireplace haunted. I did this... Without telling anyone. <laughs> you snuck it in. And it, was, it didn't actually it even happen me. tonight. It, it was like a few games back, and I'm just I'm just now bringing it up to you. Because <laughs> genuinely, if you don't know the moon's, moon's haunted meme, it's the greatest meme of all time. Can't uh, stop me on this. Power play numbers. Yeah. Just out of, for anybody that was curious. Uh, F- 5v4 time, because there was uh, some 4v4 overlap right. sure, that sure. cut into them. Yeah. Um, the Avs in in eight fifty seven of power play time, uh, five shots on goal, five scoring chances, two high danger chances. Not amazing, not terrible, not terrible. It's fine. Um, on the other side, Toronto uh, five twenty eight of power play time of F five v four, three shots on goal, one shot against, three not scoring a good chances one for, from Val too, yeah. one scoring chance against. It's a clean breakaway. Yeah, and they tied. One to one in high danger chances. So on your PK in five twenty eight against the second ranked power one. play in the NHL, you go one and one in high danger chances. You don't get scored on, and you gave up three shots on well, goal. Well, I three shots on goal. Extrapolate that to the so in sixty five minutes of hockey. That is a girl please level performance. In sixty five minutes of hockey, they gave up four high danger chances. 
including power plays. That's nothing. For the record, the worst team in the NHL averages about 10 per game. Averages. Yep. The Avs gave up four to one of the highest off powered offenses four in the league. To Toronto, in Toronto, <laughs> with them getting to, sec- to set matchups with no Arturi Lekkanen. If you want to buy, if you want to look into a game, and why I was asking you guys before we started, was this Colorado's best win of the year? For me, that's what made me wonder that. Because this is a team, and you only score one goal, and you get lucky. Sure. So there is that factor where you could say no, and I would be like, okay, I'm, I'm open to this. But, but mechanically? Defensively, you do just about everything else. What more can you ask for from the, from the team tonight? And this is, uh, I'm going to skip over overtime. We'll get back to it. Uh, this is where we get to our king of the game, though. Yes, Av's defense played great in front of him, but Alexander Georgiev only gives up the one goal, makes a couple of big saves in this game while it's a 1-1 hockey game, both in the second and the third, and then gets you through overtime. He doesn't have to do a lot of work, and then the shootout stops all three. You're not, you're not feeling great when any of Nylander, Matthews, or Marner steps up to the shootout line, and he stops all three of them. Yep, perfect. Georgiev, please. <laughs> I'm here for it. Can we make that? That's can, a shirt. Can that be our That's Georgiev a shirt. shirt? That's a shirt right there. Been sitting on this all year? Come <laughs> on. Actually, there's a lot of people advocating for some kind of Hiya, Georgie, like an it reference. I don't know if that's a hard that's, sell. So we'll, we'll talk about this later. Okay, so sorry. Because uh, <laughs> that got hard denied. Oh, okay, okay. Where are we on Valnichushkin and either Choo Choo Train or I'm Chain? Saying. Where are we indeed at Eric Weedham? <laughs> D-Line, we know you're the watching. The number of times I have suggested a Thomas the Tank Engine-themed yeah. Val Nechushkin shirt and not gotten to see anything. What do you call a train that can spin 360? <laughs> and has a gold chain. And has a gold chain. Val Nechushkin. Uh, Honestly, two games back-to-back, he's had this little spinorama. Mo- wow. I think it's done. Spinorama <laughs> move. <laughs> It didn't work tonight, obviously, but it led to some zone time. That was very is, important. Is Val Nachushkin, Val none of us can talk now, uh, a Gopnik? I don't know what that I is. I don't know what that is. You, okay. It's like a, it's like a shitty Russian gangster. The, the dudes who wear the Adidas and oh. like squat down. and oh, like tracksuits only? Yeah, yeah. I got you. I don't know if this is offensive to agree to or not. It probably is. So <laughs> I'm going to redirect <laughs> Choo-choo, we're moving on. <laughs> Blaze has suggested just the gold chain. on. I, I, like, I like that. I like that. Actually, I love like that. Like number yeah. 13. Yeah, and it has the 13 dangling yeah. from it. I like yeah. that I love that. The simplicity of it, I think it's great. I'm, I'm all about it. I just don't understand where we are. We'll get it there eventually. Somebody at Eric and let him know no, this no, conversation is... No, we're going to get to the bottom is, of this tonight. This is the third <laughs> time we've had this conversation this week. Yeah. Twice a week. About maybe. shirts. Yeah. A Georgiev please would be incredible. <laughs> uh, but but getting back to it, I I do want to give Georgiev the credit for tonight that he he did everything he had to do. Yeah, this is not one that you're going to put him in an All Star game for. For sure. But this is a where we had seen him where we had seen a, uh, really goaltending struggle against the good teams is not giving up an easy one or a free one here and there. 
the defense in front of them had been iffy in some of those games. Obviously, the Dallas game, the LA game, you wanted more from your defense in certain areas and, and on some of those plays where Georgiev can't do much. But Georgiev, in each of those games, you're also looking back and saying, at least one of these you need to you need to get in front of my guy. Yeah. Like at least one of these can't be behind you. Yeah. And tonight, the one that beats him is legit. Yep. And that was the end of it. No puck got behind him the rest of the night. No disallowed goals, no shootout goals, no nothing. Nothing gets behind the guy. They score three minutes and change into the hockey game, and that is the end of it for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we talked about how great the defense was, but you're, we've, we've also talked about every time Georgiev has a rough night, it's always, is it Georgiev? Is it defense? Whatever. Well, the defense did its job for sure. Tonight it was neither. <laughs> and, and exactly, and Georgiev in no way lets them down. Yep. Absolutely not. They both get the job done. Uh, do want to talk about the overtime and the shootout. But before we get to that, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. You can see the amazing uh, Avalanche beers here. I highly recommend. And one of my favorite beers. Even if Avalanche is not for you, they have dozens of flavors. You can find something. Uh, my wife, in love with the Palisade Peach, absolutely amazes amazes her. <laughs> my, uh, I guess now my brother-in-law. Yeah. Sure. Um, also, Palisade Peach. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, he told me to bring a keg of it next time. Oof. And he would pay for customs. I had more objections than just customs, <laughs> so I didn't do that. But I brought him 12. Oh. Like, like a tenth of, not even a tenth of a keg, like, but good job. I and mean, I hooked him up. Like, yeah, you got some. In moderation, my man. <laughs> you got three kids. What are you doing? Pick your spots, brother. Check them out. Go to breckbrew.com. You can find them anywhere in the 50 states. If you're in Canada, you might need AJ to smuggle them in for you. But <laughs> I've done I, I smuggle them. I have to declare them every time I go across the border. <laughs> the guards know. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> if you're uh, if you're in the better country, though, you can find it at your local liquor oh, store. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. I'll know. take this. You don't have to say anything. It's the better country. I feel like an honorary Canadian sometimes. Like I, I don't know if I even claim myself as an American. I, I felt like an honorary I, Canadian before I married dude, a Canadian, and now I'm like, you must accept me as one. I say that, but like, the Canadian national anthem just dominates Rips, the, the U.S. I was so good. I was so afraid with how you started. No, that. No, no, it's so no, good. We are both huge fans of the yeah. Canadian anthem. Good. good. There's a lot of things I love about Canada. Don't get me wrong. Uh, anyway. Breck Brew, get your beer, get the good stuff. And then you can go over and check out, none of us are wearing them tonight, but Shady Rays. Go get your Rays to make sure you're not getting migraines like all of us get when we stare into lights. Uh, they work really well for preventing migraines that are light-based. Let I me tell stare you. stare into lights like I spend all show stuff. Okay, well, now I am. But that's on like, you. Like, like staring at the thing, but that's not the case. <laughs> Lights, if they're around, all right, they help prevent migraines. You can, we can agree to that first. There you go. You got the, you got the shadow working. Yeah. Uh, They also work for, you know, the thing they're designed for to prevent the sun, their polarization. And they have a bunch of different options there. They even have some uh, blue light filtering ones. If you're nerd gamers like AJ and I, uh, that is an option. You can jump on that. Uh, Tons of different options, tons of different styles. They even have ski and snowboard goggles. If you are a skier snowboarder. You can get two pairs and use code DNBR. You get 50% off your purchase. That's essentially buy one, get one free right there. Uh, so jump on that. You can go to ShadyRays.com or visit their in-person location at the Park Meadows Mall to order today. 
AJ's giving me some weird look now. Just weird song choice at the bar. How deep is your love? Like, it's a fine song, but at a sports bar? There's I a mean, lot of couples at the bar right now. Uh, I would, the chat will crucify me for this, but I'd take just about anything over all the small things right now, so it's fine. On a hot mic. I mean, I don't 100% disagree with And that. not like, I totally get it, going to the arena, singing along, the event being a part of that experience, amazing. Just over the song, that's all. Uh, third period of the yeah. DNVR Avalanche podcast presented really. by DraftKings Sportsbook. Is what it is. It was an anthem for a cup run, and now I feel like I'm just kind of done. It, it had its moment in time. This is like when I said I didn't think banner raising ceremonies were like that. I didn't watch it, and I took a lot of heat for it. I think you're going to take some heat for this. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I I'm accept the heat. That. Yep. It's fine. People are going to, I like, I took heat. So for the takeover, I went in and was like, you know, I'm kind of over the song, but the event in the arena being in it for the sing-along was super cool. That's the tweet yeah. I made. I took heat for that. Wow. They were like, how dare you not yeah. like the song? Aww. I tell you, as somebody as somebody who like grew up on Blink, right. to now feel this way is like a weird thing. See, I, that my big secret is I didn't like Blink that much when I was growing up. This explains a lot. <laughs> this explains so much. <laughs> Anyway, third period, back to this hockey game, really getting into the overtime. It was an interesting overtime. AJ, you mentioned it off the start of the show. The Avs dominated it. There were also a handful of plays where I'm not going to say the Avs played it the best, but you got great recoveries. A Devontae's diving stick. In overtime. Yeah. Yeah, that was a huge play. Yeah. And that's that's where that's why defense is a team concept. True. Is, is because if there's a breakdown somewhere. You got four other guys on the ice in 3v3's case. You have two other guys, two, two other guys <laughs> and a guy with a lot of pads to, to help you out, to, to get through those mistakes. And tonight we saw fantastic, fantastic team defense. Recoveries were exceptional. Uh, they're played through the neutral zone. You would not know that Toronto is a team that wants to play with speed through the neutral zone. If you watch tonight's game, because if there was one team that did play with a little bit of speed, it was Colorado. Very rarely Toronto. I, I Getting away from overtime here, but I can't give the Avs enough credit for their neutral zone play tonight. It was yep. so, Seamless. so good. You said it during the game, too. Yep. It, it, and it, it's weird because these are, when they're executing it well, it's it looks like nothing, right? The switches, the circling back, the change-offs in the neutral zone. Well, as always, a job well done looks like yeah. It makes the game look easy. Yep. And their team defense made the whole concept, the whole X's and O's of, well, if you get this guy, then you get this guy, and then you get this guy, and there's five of them, and there's five of us. Everybody should have somebody, and all right, let's go out there and do that. <laughs> it makes it look really easy when they execute at such a consistently high level as they did tonight. But it's very hard to do against skilled teams. They find space. Skilled players, that's what, that's what makes them what they are, is that they either have guys on them, and then they shake them, or they shake them, and have space. And Colorado allowed very little of that after the goal. Three minutes in. Yep. It's not like the goal came halfway and then they locked it down and then Toronto had a bunch of opportunities. No, Toronto's best offensive push came in the final five minutes and lasted about 90 seconds. And that was it. 
You, you held this team this to banger. 18 shots on goal. Yep. And then zero in 3v3. Zero. <laughs> Literally <3v3>. none. <laughs> it's the thing I think about because watching the overtime period live, I felt so much more nervous. And I shouldn't have because the Avs controlled possession. Honestly, I think they recovered from their own mistakes. And that's that, where the nerves came into play. Exactly. And it, it wasn't total disastrous mistakes. It was, was that the shot selection that gave you the best chance to win and it was things like Devante's tipping the puck out of play and and like a uh, clear I don't even yeah it, it was odd um but those things gave me pause but honestly upon reflection it was still a dominant overtime period by the Avs the other thing I wanted to say is there are a few games like this where I feel like analytically Avs obviously had the edge over Toronto but I actually mm -hmm. felt like Toronto played better than the analytics support I'd agree with us. And that's why I feel like this victory feels as good as it does, too, because it For was sure. a really tight matchup. Yep. Toronto, like, even though they had fewer dangerous chances, their dangerous chances felt quite dangerous. And when you have Austin Matthews on the ice, well, those guys live in danger. Like, that's the guy. That it, they're, they're, it's Top Gun out there. It's Maverick every time. I never know what you're going to get. And if you make a mistake, right. they, they crush right. you. It, it's, it's the mistake making. And the way the Avs play defense, a lot of the time, they're very good at getting in passing lanes. They're very good at breaking up plays before they happen. Mm -hmm. You look at some of those plays and you're like, oh, if that pass gets through, guaranteed high danger chance is coming. Yeah. So it is it it is very much on a knife's edge at times with that. Um I think AJ said it during the game, but the way you described overtime summed it up perfectly. You don't mind the Avs creating chaos when it's in the offensive zone. Yeah. <laughs> Might be a little unruly at times, may not look great, but as long as it's happening down there, you're fine. Yep. You don't want to take the chance of that thing going the other way on you. Exactly. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, obviously, they get through the overtime, the shootout. We already gave Georgiev his credit. Look. When it comes down to it, your superstars win and lose you hockey games. Nathan McKinnon, it's about that much space, about that much space better than Samsonov in I the shootout. I want to go back and get, I'm going to screen cap when I get home. I'm gonna, <laughs> that hole that it, it slips through. I'm going to screen cap the puck-sized hole that the puck fits through <laughs> on Samsonov's arm. And it's, everybody's going to understand just how great that was. Yep. I mean, I think everybody does. They don't need me to do it. But I'm going to do it because I thought it was funny. And that's it. That Because so many pieces of the team played so well together, that's the difference in the hockey game. Yep. It's all it takes. Abs win 2-1. Yep. And I mean, that's kind of the difference. In, I mean, you talk about margin for error, and you're talking about an inch. If that puck is an, an inch higher or an inch lower, it doesn't go in. Yep. And then, you know, Marner gets stopped. We don't know what Rantanen does. We don't know how the sure. shootout turns out. We, we just don't know what the result of that it ends up being. But where we are with, with, with the result that is, we live in the world that we live in. And yep. that did happen. And we've seen the abs be an inch on the other side of this conversation this year where it just didn't go their way. And... Well, and, and look, tonight it did, and and they earned they they earned those two points. You're you're right back. And you're two and zero oh on this road trip. Yep, you're two and zero. Oh. You're now five points back at Dallas, still with two games in hand mm -hmm. and a game against Dallas in your future. Congratulations, Abs! You now control your own destiny again. They I do. They do. 
two two points back of Minnesota too. Which not looking great for Minnesota yeah, so right two now. Two points back of Minnesota. Minnesota's in action down three yeah. one after the first period. If they lose that game, the Avs will be two, two back with, with two in hand. Two in hand. Yeah. Uh, I, a couple different things. Well, let's get to this first. The Avs do play Ottawa tomorrow. Yeah. It, it, there is no break here. One, Georgiev or Kincaid? Well, it's Johansson. Johansson. Oh, my, oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry, they swapped. Georgiev or Johansson? I mean, I wish Georgiev was here. We could just ask him if he wanted to go tomorrow because <laughs> I feel like it's up to Georgiev at this point. If Because I, I could see them wanting him to... I, I guess start right one of these next two games, but I, I actually would feel okay with Jonas Johansson getting the start tomorrow and having Georgiev take on uh, Detroit. Okay. AJ? So um, I was doing this, Tiff and I were talking about it before we started. Sure. Uh, but if your goal is to win the game, it's Georgiev. If your goal is to maximize rest, for Georgiev, it's Jojo. It's still Georgiev, and then because if Georgiev okay. plays tomorrow, you rest him on Detroit and get three get full days. Friday, off. Saturday, sure. Sunday off for him. He gets all okay. three. If he rests tomorrow and Jojo plays, but Georgiev plays Saturday, he gets tomorrow and Friday off. So he only gets two days off. Only gets two days off. But if you want to give him the extra day, you play him. You now. play him tomorrow, yeah. and then you live with whatever happens on Saturday. I would lean towards playing him. We've seen him play both ends of back-to-backs. He's been and very done good. Well. Right. Yeah. I would also lean towards it because that gives you the best chance to walk out of this road trip with three wins. Well, And if you get to 3-0 and on the road trip... You do not care about the Detroit game. You don't care yeah. about losing the game on Saturday to yeah. Detroit. You'd love to win it. And if you do, with Johansson and Nett, that is fine. You are thrilled. I say it's fine. You're thrilled. <laughs> You're over the moon. You love it. It's wonderful. But you maximize rest for Georgiev if you play him tomorrow. You also maximize your chances to walk out of this with six of eight points in hand. Because you're going to have a tired team, and you're going to have your starter in net. I would play Georgiev tomorrow. I, I'm open to both. I, I think you kind of... You have a confluence here where you got a great defensive game from your team tonight. Tomorrow, you'd like to see your offense go out and give you a, a lead to work with. Yeah, and you play against a much weaker defensive team for sure in Ottawa than than what you did tonight. So you like your chances of your offense getting a bit more, yeah, yeah. going a little bit harder. But your defense probably won't be as good on a Sega Baba true against a rested Ottawa team. Ottawa's not playing tonight. It's advantage Ottawa tomorrow. Another reason why I'm playing Kiev. Fair and enough. If he gives up three in the first period, then you pull him, and he gets his it's rest true. anyway. It's true. <laughs> It's, it's funny you say that because that was almost intentional with the Dallas game when Kincaid did come in mm-hmm. because Bednar didn't feel those goals were even Georgiev's fault. He just knew that Georgiev was starting the next night, wanted him to get rest, and decided he should get it sooner. So mm-hmm. it's a very real thing that Bednar could do. Yep. All right, let's get to some of these super chats and let's get out of here. $10 from Melanie who says, Thanks for your insight. Always appreciate it. Go Avalanche. Thank you very much, Melanie. We appreciate the $10. $5 from Billy, who says, Love the Cogs Eller LOC line. A grind it out and cycle the other team into the ground line that the Avs just didn't have before. A great playoff line. 
the only thing you'd love about it is if it was your fourth line instead. Yeah. Or if your fourth line operated and, and you had two third lines and the sure. usage was a more, lot more more right, three A three B. That would be the only thing because you know offensively that line is going to give you just not very little. It's just not They'll spend plenty of time in the offensive zone. Just won't put it in the net. Yeah. Exactly. They won't score a lot for you. And that's the only thing about it. That's the only criticism you really have is that as a fourth line, you would have the best in the league, one of the best in the league, one of the most effective in the league. Yep. And then as a third line, you're, you're still pretty happy though. For sure. Not no complaints tonight. That's for sure. Uh, $2 from the Schick who says nothing but love for this team. And for all of you, much love, Schick. Appreciated. And then two more dollars from Degro, who says, Thank you, Leafs, for the warm up game. We got this. It, it, I, I wouldn't call it a warm up game, but as, as AJ kind of already alluded to, it's these games where you go, Oh, right. Yeah, the Avalanche can take on anybody. Yep. So. I mean, this is the one that, that gets you hyped about. They could do this. Like they can make a serious run for the Central. If they could, if they can go into Toronto and beat these teams, who can't they beat? How yeah. many losses do they have left on their schedule in the regular season? Sixteen games left. We looked at the schedule on yesterday's pod, went game by game, and we were like, there are four good teams left on this, and Toronto was one of them. They beat Toronto. Yep. <coughs> Catch their dubs where you can. Um, <coughs> I am about good here. Any final thoughts from either of you two? No, no. I think I'm good. I mean, we got another game tomorrow. I, I got excited. Hold on. How did we feel about in very limited capacity, Galchenyuk? There are people in the chat who are yeah. really dissatisfied. I, I honestly feel like this is just too limited a body of work for us to really evaluate on. Agree. But I personally took no issue with the shifts we did see. Also agree. I had genuinely zero problems from him. Would have liked to see him more understand the usual cutting of the fourth line in a close game. Right. Would really, really like to see him, especially in a back-to-back situation. You hope that dude gets some legitimate minutes tomorrow, for sure. I'm kind of hoping for that, and then we could probably better assess how we felt yeah. about it. But really nothing that alarmed me in this brief no, debut. If, if anything, I would lean positive from same. what we saw from no, the No, same like his first two shifts specifically. And I think he only ended up with maybe five. Yeah, it wasn't a ton. <laughs> he didn't play at all in the third period. It was... 22 of ice time. It's just, how do you feel? Right. You've got to be working hard <laughs> to feel to overly find, negative about 322. Yeah, right. If there are three goals against, then it's pretty easy to be like, hey, maybe something wasn't great here, but 322 and five shot attempts were five to two, I think, in Colorado's favor. Like, I want to bring us back to this world, too, where there are like six, seven-minute nights from a Martin Kaut tape player. And he wouldn't end up in any of these boxes, whether it be shot, hit. And Galchenyuk managed to make himself visible within three minutes, 2022. Yeah. Fair point. 322 is below our grading cutoff. Yep. That we used to have when we did play. You had to get at least five minutes. (laughs) It's such a a limited sample that it's... I, I don't know how you could feel either direction without goals happening, you know? Like, the process is fine. Like, what you saw of him tonight, you're like, great. Now can we get it to 522, 722? Right. I think think the game tonight begets more ice time tomorrow night. I think so, too. It was the the closeness of this game, I think, that hurt him. Yeah, yep. I definitely agree. Yep. (laughs) All right. 
Go, go ahead. Go blow, go blow Ottawa out of the water tomorrow Boom. and give Alex Ken, Galchenyuk 12 minutes and we'll see what's up. Give Galchenyuk 12, put Nui on the top line. Yeah, I, look. I'm telling you. <laughs> Next up is world hunger. <laughs> <laughs> Solving all the problems on the Winner's Lounge pod tonight. We're going to get out of here for the day. Of course, we have you covered tomorrow for the entire game. So be sure to tune in for all of that stuff. We love y'all. We appreciate you, and we will see you on the next one. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs>